Hi everyone! Before we get into this episode, Sophie and I wanted to start with a quick trigger warning and mention that this episode does include discussions surrounding eating disorders. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy and now on to the episode. Welcome back to And She Did. Today we are so excited to be hosting Chloe Pay. A senior at Stanford Online High School, Chloe is a host of the podcast Our Free Bodies. Having had an eating disorder herself, Chloe now supports other teens struggling from eating disorders and helps them on their journey of finding self-love and self-worth. Chloe wanted to help other teenagers suffering from eating disorders to find support and to help them develop self-love, and she did. Hi, Chloe. Welcome to our podcast. We are so incredibly excited to have you on today. Um, How are you doing? How's your day going so far? I'm doing good. Uh, It's a nice day and I'm on this amazing podcast. How are you guys? I am doing great and I think Zoe's doing great as well because we love hosting episodes and we're really, really excited for this one Um, and we're so excited to have you on. So it's going to be a good day. (laughs) Um, Do you think that you could start by introducing yourself to our listeners, just telling us where you're from, what your interests are, um, that sort of thing? So yeah, I'm Chloe. I'm 17 and a senior at Stanford Online High School, repping OHS. Um, I live in Bergen County, New Jersey, and I'm interested in advocating for the mental health community and bringing power to its conversation, especially surrounding eating disorders. Um, In terms of other interests, I like working at the ramen restaurant I work at. Um, I like playing soccer and watching soccer. And I also am a coach for figure skating. And I also play the clarinet. So those are just some other interests. Thank you for that great introduction. If I ever come to New Jersey, I'm definitely going to come to that ramen restaurant because I love ramen. (laughs) Um, But to start off, we were wondering if you could give us a brief introduction of your podcast, Our Free Bodies. So yeah, I like to say that it's a support podcast for teenagers who struggle with mental health. And if we have to specifically categorize it, um, then it's all about the nuances and the complex journey of having an eating disorder. Um, I actually started the podcast anonymously because I struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. I'd say around six years, ever since I was 11 years old, which sounds really sad, but I'm recovery. I'm in recovery now, so it's all good. But I started the podcast anonymously in December of 2020 because I was struggling in silence and in isolation, and I really needed someone to talk to um, because I was struggling with an eating disorder and clinical depression as a result of that. Um, and this was starting a podcast was kind of a place for me to talk to someone as sad as that can be I couldn't really have people around me like a like a tangible support system um and then I started just talking to my phone uh for 40 minutes at a time ranting about my issues and then it turned into our free bodies um a place for me to be heard but also for victims of eating disorders and the society that um promotes diet culture, um, that society and those people to be heard as well. Um, I guess in general, it's a place where I can speak my experiences into existence and help other people who are struggling with eating disorders get their voices heard as well. 
That's so incredible. I think it's amazing that you were able to turn such a difficult and sort of taxing experience into something that is really helping a lot of people. Um, I know especially at OHS, which is a school that we go to, um, we have a lot of figure skaters, a lot of dancers. Um, and from what I've heard, I think that those kinds of sports definitely put a lot of strain on people's mental health, specifically when it comes to body image. And so I think it's amazing that you were able to turn your experience into something that is supporting so many people. Um, um, and I think it's just such a great way to use technology, um, to be able to use technology to create a podcast like that, especially from an anonymous perspective, where it eventually grew into something that you took ownership for, which is amazing. So would you mind talking about your journey with figure skating, the challenges that it came with, and how it ultimately inspired you to start Our Free Bodies? Well, I could go on forever about this, but I started figure skating when I was six years old. And I was living in New York City at the time, you know, it was a big dream of mine until I stopped skating when I was 17 to go to the Olympics and, you know, win the gold medal as a lot of athletes want to do. Um, and then, you know, I kept training. I trained before school. I went to public school for a while. So I would wake up at four and then train for a couple hours. And then I would train after school. And that went on for a couple of years until I was... 14 and I moved to Boston by myself to train with a elite facility and I ended up traveling to a lot of cool places for competitions um, and that was kind of just the whole journey with figure skating but along the way there were so many struggles um, again I could go on for days about this but I started struggling with an eating disorder when I was around 11. Um, and the causes of that was um, the actions from my parents and coaches and society. And I want to say, like, I'm not going to reprimand them in any way. Like, they have all become mental health advocates as a result of a lot of conversations. But um, unfortunately, before I um, developed an eating disorder, specifically bulimia nervosa, which is kind of the binge purge cycle where you eat a lot of food and then you purge as a result to kind of uh, lower your caloric intake and um, lose weight as a result. So basically figure skating is a sport where petite figure is really admired and you need to be super tiny in order to spin a bunch of times in the air and land your jumps right and it makes sense um, but unfortunately this put a lot of mental strain on me because my parents and my coaches really wanted me to lose weight um, so as a result they would do a lot of things or say a lot of things to encourage me or quote unquote encourage me um, for instance I'm going to provide a little some stories that may sound kind of depressing but when I was starting from age seven, I'd say. So at the beginning of my skating career, I guess, my dad would keep a notebook of my weight every day. Basically, I was weighed every day and he would keep track of it in a notebook to make sure there would be like a decreasing trend throughout the entire career. So he kept track of it really closely. Um, my coaches, they would take food away from me or they would um, encourage me to have a piece of fruit for lunch and dinner there was one time 
I was working with this incredible coach. She coached two Olympic champions, which is incredible. Um, but she bought me a dress a few sizes smaller than I was um, to encourage me to lose weight to fit into that dress. And it's those examples throughout my life that ingrained in my head that I needed to be small uh, to be worthy of something. Um, so that sparked my whole journey with bulimia because I felt that if I didn't lose weight, I wouldn't be uh, worth worthy in value, if that made any sense. Um, so yeah, in general, having an eating disorder and not eating was very normalized. So I unfortunately could only realized that I needed help six years later after I, you know, decided that it was enough and I need to recover from whatever I was dealing with. But that's kind of the whole journey with figure skating. It is quite complex and nuanced. So hopefully that made sense to the listeners. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And thank you for being so vulnerable. It sounds like an incredibly tough experience, especially when it was so ingrained in the skating culture, it was hard to even realize that it was something that wasn't normal and it wasn't right. And ultimately in your experience, um, it seems that figure skating led to struggles with your mental and physical health. And as I think um, if I'm understanding correctly, you were able to make the brave and difficult decision to step back from skating and to prioritize your mental and physical health. Um, and I was wondering how were you able to make that decision? I know both Sophie and I are competitive athletes and we know how it takes up so much of your life. And as you said, you moved to Boston um, to train at like an elite level. So I'm sure it took up a lot of your life and it, and it was your passion. So I guess I'm wondering how were you able to make that decision um, to prioritize yourself even when skating was such a big part of your life? first that's an amazing question because I realized that I never took the step back to reflect on how I made that change because my process from training every day for seven hours to recovery was so fast like I remember um, the exact moment in which I decided that I needed to recover um, which was very devastating because with figure skating came a lot of dreams, as I mentioned before, going to the Olympics and everything. So it was very devastating and hard, um, but it was so fast. I never had the time to reflect and understand that transition. But I remember it was April of 2021 and it was a Thursday. And the night before I decided to pretty much quit skating, I had gone through a relapse which in which I binged and I purged again the night before and then the day after I had enough and my dad he drove all the way to Boston from New Jersey to pick me up and then we came home and that was that like there was that like stopped that was kind of the end of my skating career because um, I haven't went back to train in at an elite level since um, I think what enabled me to make that decision was the years of malnutrition and restriction and the deprivation of not just eating food, but also the life experiences that came as a result of my eating disorder and all of that helped me come to a stop. I mean, physically, I was extremely not healthy. My period stopped for two years. 
Um, and I was exhausted all the time training seven hours a day and then not eating anything. I struggled with a lot of anxiety and depression and poor self-esteem and just health problems, mental health problems, physical health problems. And it was really just terrifying and recovery seemed like the only thing that could get me out of there. You know, I, since I started skating, I was never able to eat dinner with my family. And this is just an example of one of those experiences that I was deprived of because I struggled so much with um, being scared of eating food, which sounds crazy to a person who's like, who doesn't struggle with an eating disorder, but it is quite frightening. Um, so I never ate dinner with my family and that day I just like I thought of that the entire day I was like I just want to eat dinner with my family I just want to have that experience I think I deserve that experience and that's when I switched to recovery and recovery starting it was extremely hard the first month that I was recovering I consumed probably like eight to ten thousand calories a day it sounds insane but like, that's just how physically deprived I was for the past six years. Um, I was crying all the time. I just ate food. I cried, I ate food, I cried. It was just that kind of cycle. Um, but a few months after I started, I was overcome with this sense of freedom and liberation. Um, I could finally eat normally and I could make meaningful memories with other people. And of course there's gonna be relapses and mental struggles along the way, but in no way, like I realized that I wanna go back to the point I was um, before I started recovery. Um, and yeah, that was kind of how I made that transition from training every day to recovering and living a quote-unquote normal life again. That's an incredible story and I don't mean incredible in the sense that you know there were all positive experiences but I think it's incredible that you were able to sort of realize that there was a point where you just couldn't really accept figure skating um, as being what was right for you anymore. And I think it's incredible, just so amazing that you were able to prioritize your mental and physical health. I think, especially in the sort of societal climate that we're in today, um, mental health is being more um, openly discussed. But, you know, I think that um, to make that decision, especially when you were so young that um, you just needed to prioritize you is really incredible and something that our listeners will definitely benefit um, from hearing about. I think that's something that we all need to keep in mind sometimes, you know, that it's important to prioritize yourself, um, whatever that means for you, even if other people don't see it as being the right decision right away, um, as long as you know it. I think, that, I think that's just so important. Um, so, on your podcast, you are very open about your self-reflection during um, your recovery. So what has been the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself while you face these challenges? Um, I think the biggest thing I learned about myself is that I'm, like simply put, I'm a strong person and I have the ability to overcome really challenging things. Um, not only to start recovery, but hopefully use it as an inspiration for other girls to recover as well or continue recovery through uh, my podcast our free bodies um when you're struggling with an eating disorder you have extreme poor 
self-esteem, as I mentioned before, and I was so insecure about everything. Um, I felt judged. I needed validation from other people. And I, I was just really not confident as a person. Um, but starting recovery and fighting through all those negative thoughts and um, those urges to um, go back to the disordered eating habits that I had before, like pushing through all of that made me realize that I'm a really strong person. Um, and also made me learn that mental health is so important. Um, I was in this bubble for so long, uh, with people who told me that I needed to eat an almond for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in order to be in the physical shape I needed to be to do triple, jumps and that totally does not make sense to me now but during the time it was so normal and I was like okay if you eat one almond today then you'll be able to land every jump which doesn't make any sense because you need energy in order to like I'm sure you guys as competitive athletes like you gotta have fuel in your body in order to do the things you do right um, but that wasn't normalized so when I got out of that bubble after recovery I was like yeah mental health is so important and I need to do something about it because this issue was way too normalized. Um, I hope that answered your question, but yeah, that's, those are the things that I learned um, the most during my time. Yeah, that completely makes sense. And that's so incredible and inspiring how through your journey, I guess I, there's this quote that this kind of reminds me of grow through what you go through and that sounds like something you completely have done you went through this really hard time but you have grown so much and you are so strong and also through your podcast you've been able to kind of find like self-healing it seems like but also validate and support other people who are going through the same um, struggles so that's so incredible and on this mission to help others um, what kind of content does our free bodies share with their listeners um, I was talking to Zoe about this before, but just lots of rants, um, lots of <laughs> organized rants. They're organized, at least, I think. Um, like I have some episodes where I just talk about where life is taking me and how recovery is progressing with all of its trials and tribulations. Um, but then I have more psychological and neurological uh, I guess, scientific-based episodes discussing the science behind an eating disorder. Um, like I talk about the interrelationship between veganism and eating disorders in one episode, the science behind fear foods in another episode. Um, so I have that as well. I also love to do collaborations. Um, I collaborate with incredible people, with uh, incredible stories and advice, uh, one of which her name is Vanessa Nagoya, and she's a mental health advocate and is a YouTuber with over 400,000 subscribers. And it was such an honor to talk to her about mental health because she has been kind of um, the focus. She has an audience of 400,000 people. So she struggled a lot with body image and body dysmorphia. So hearing her talk about her experience and hearing other incredible people talk about their experiences um, is something that I treasure on my podcast. Um, there's also more informational episodes like what is diet culture in our society. Um, but in all, I like to say that my podcast is like your best friend 
Like it's just a conversation you have with your good friend. And I want that to be its vibe. So in general, my podcast is a friend. Yeah, I like to say that. (laughs) That's an amazing answer. I think that sometimes what you need when you're going through a difficult time really is just a friend. And so I think that the fact that you were able to make a friend virtually in some sense through your podcast is just something that I think a lot of people need. Um, And the fact that you're able to recognize that that is what people need is so amazing. So I think that Our Free Body sounds like an amazing podcast. So thank you so much for being brave enough to create that for people and for listeners. I know it wasn't easy getting there. It definitely, um, from this podcast, our episode, I think it's clear that you went through a lot to get to that point, but I think that the whole world is all the better for it and for um, what you're sharing with other people. So thank you for being brave enough to do that. Sometimes it can be hard to get to that point, but you know, now you've inspired probably so many other um, figure skaters, dancers, and um, just athletes in general, um, or just people who are having a difficult time to be able to recognize um, that their mental health is important and their physical health is important. So with that in mind, um, we were just talking about your listeners. What sort of impacts have you seen from our free bodies? So our free bodies is not like a big platform, but I've gotten a lot of overwhelming messages from listeners telling me that they can relate to my experiences, whether it's through my eating disorder or through my athletic experience with toxic coaches or just mental health in general. So seeing those messages that I get always encourages me. I mean, it would encourage anyone. Um, So that's one impact. Like just to be numerical, it has reached over 100 listeners with most episodes, which is super duper cool. Um, And also, I don't think this is correct, but through Anchor, which is the platform I use to spread my podcast, it says that I've reached over 40 countries, which sounds insane to me, but I don't think that's true. But hopefully it is true. I mean, hopefully they're not just BSing me. But yeah, that's just the general impact that I see from our free bodies. Hopefully it can grow into something bigger and um, I don't know, change the conversation surrounding eating disorders and mental health. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially with things like mental health and eating disorders, a lot of times the biggest or most helpful thing is hearing other people with similar experiences and it really validates what you're going through yourself. So I think Our Free Bodies does that really well from the episodes I've listened to. Um, So I think that's super incredible. And we were wondering, how do you plan to continue supporting teenagers with eating disorders and advocating for self-love in the future, Um, whether that be through your podcast or through other platforms? I haven't really thought about this yet because I just love talking to the microphone and I don't know thinking about my listeners just responding in a sense Um, but I have some exciting projects coming up with Olympians who are mental health advocates um, as well as other registered dietitians and neurologists which is always so cool um, to hear their perspectives of it um, especially from an elite athlete level and then also from a medical perspective I have always wanted to do this but I feel like I'm not qualified yet Um, but I always wanted to start a support group where 
I can actually talk to the listeners and kind of create this safe space for people to talk about their struggles with uh, mental health and or struggling with an eating disorder but I'm afraid that I'm not going to say the right things and I want to just make sure everything will be set before I ever start that and also if there's any interest in that starting um but that's pretty much it I had like a thought where I should write a book about all of this but like I'm I'm not the best writer so we're gonna we're gonna slow down with that one but yeah those are kind of the general ways I hope to continue supporting teenagers hopefully I'll come up with other initiatives because I'm really passionate about this topic but yeah that's it for now That's an amazing answer. I think you have so many ideas percolating that Zoe and I and all our listeners are just going to be so excited to see where those ideas take you in the future. And I think that if you do decide to write a book, we will all be your biggest supporters. So um, send us drafts if you do. So (laughs) I think that all those ideas sound amazing. And I think that just the future of what you're going to do is so incredible. And we're all very lucky to be able to hear your story so far and to be able to hear about what your plans in the future might look like. So on that note, we have our last question. This is always my favorite question. Um, most of the time, I think it's just a very like nice wrap up for the podcast. So what is your advice to other young women who want to speak up about um, an issue that is incredibly important to them? I think the most important advice I have is to find your medium of storytelling and mine just happened to be in a form of a podcast and also you guys with this incredible idea of empowering women you guys have found your way of storytelling through a podcast as well you know other people might like um I don't know why rapping came to mind (laughs) but you could you could do something with that or I mean writing is another one painting or just finding your way of sharing your narratives to the world I think that's definitely a big one Um, another piece of advice I have is to just speak up because I started out anonymous like I did not want to share my name anywhere because I was scared people would judge me for being vulnerable or because I was struggling mentally especially with society labeling mental health as very taboo um and I just was so scared to speak up um because I thought other people would judge me um even today I because like I was coming onto your podcast I was motivated to listen to my old episodes and oh my god I was so embarrassed I'm so embarrassed. I want to take them all down but I had to tell myself that you know I spoke up and that's all that matters, you know, it might be so embarrassing, but I was not afraid to be myself and I ended up helping a lot of people in the end, even though my voice sounded gross. (laughs) I was talking so slowly, Um, but I just try to think about what would happen if you didn't speak up about this, that this issue would be prolonged. And even though it is a small platform, like helping one or two people or getting those messages, like always warms my heart and always makes me realize that the fact that I spoke up helped this many people, you know? So if, for those of you who are passionate about spreading awareness of an issue, stop 
chasing other people's approval or validation and seek your own approval. And I think that will come with speaking up for yourself and the issues that you're very passionate about. So that's the advice I have for those of you who want to speak up about something. That is wonderful advice. And this actually reminded me of a quote. I think it was from a philosopher that one of my um, closest friends mentioned once. And I remember thinking like, this is actually a very inspiring quote. Um, You know, sometimes I think it's hard to, you know, look back on situations and it's really easy to be critical, you know, and be like, what was I doing? You know, why did I do it that way? I always want to change something. Um, But, you know, the quote is something to the effect of like, why regret something that I once wanted to do. And I think that that just really speaks to the way that you wanted to speak up and you did it in whatever way that you did it. And so I think just looking back on it, it's something to be proud of and not something to ever regret. So I think that is amazing advice. And I definitely agree that finding your medium is so important. And I'm going to pass the mic to Zoe now, because I was like, Zoe, I have a quote to share. So um, yeah, Zoe, please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Sophie. That was an awesome quote, and I think it really um, is applicable in this situation. And Chloe, you are so incredible and brave for talking about your personal journey. It's, It's so incredibly hard to be vulnerable and talk about hard things that you're going through. Even for me to tell my friends about things like that, it's hard. So I think doing it on a public platform, that is so inspiring and you are my hero. (laughs) Um, And our listeners, make sure to check out Chloe's podcast. It is so incredible and impactful. Um, And the link will be in the description below. And thank you so much, Chloe, for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. It is such an honor to be on this podcast and be with other incredible women that you have interviewed as well. So thank you. To our listeners, we hope that Chloe's story has inspired you as much as it's inspired Zoe and I. Stay tuned for more episodes.